0: Thank you.
1: Welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno, sawadee, tag, goodentak, Jau, we viva, catbang, jai jenendra, salam, shalom, peace now, go vegan, peace how, go vegan. From the new right-left coast of the genetically mutated McNugget Pharmaceutical Kill, vivisection Prison Killitary Industrial core, poor Nation, in the cheese-covered post-constitutional bankster bankrupt corruptocracy mocracy criminocracy, unchallenged by meaty meteor, a meaty ocrity food-born in the NSA CIA NRA USA, home of Uncle Salmonella, where they're sure to eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street-backed corporate diet of death, disease, and destruction is shoved down your throat. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, sponsored today by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com/gvr as in Go Vegan Radio. What a coincidence! HealthIQ.com/goveganradio. Well, it seems that we haven't gotten together here for a minute. Where have you been? Where have I been? Oh, okay. Yes, I was down in Southern California at the Natural Products Expo. Let's see, most most of uh, most of my dealings in life seem to be a fiasco, and so. Why wouldn't a visit to the Natural Products Expo at the Anaheim Convention Center be any different? Um, I misplaced my press pass and uh, New Hope Network, the organizer of uh, the Natural Products Expo, demanded $150 for me on the final day. So I got in for two days on my press pass. Then I left it in my bag back in Los Angeles where I was staying. And on the third day, with just maybe, what, five hours left of the expo uh, at the uh, press office, I was told, sorry, you got to pay $150. And I said, uh, sorry, this isn't a reunion of the original members of the Beatles here. Um, and uh, so Daisy and I were left out in the cold, rainy day on the third day of the Natural Products Expo. So I'm not going to go much into uh i'll I'll just leave it at that and maybe next week get back into uh some of the products uh that were there and things going on at the expo but i didn't make it there the third day i was going to do videos and meet with people but that didn't happen um because of a a punitive policy isn't it amazing that uh, a free pa- press, a free press pass uh is suddenly $150 if one misplaces it and that seems like a strange punitive policy to me um but there you have it you know when you when you have the authority you got to use it use it or lose it right so anyway i was down in southern california for the natural products expo but more importantly i was there to scope out a location for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. And in fact, uh, as I wandered around the Natural Products Expo, uh, the two days um, I was able to uh, be there, all I had to do was go up to the various booths and people there and say, L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. And everybody wants to be there. So and uh, we decided... That it would be on Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park. Uh, what goes around comes around. Oddly enough, Woodley Park was the location of the first World Fest, which I organized um, back in 2000. And uh, now I, I believe it's called Veg Fest at Woodley Park. And I went through the same procedure that I did, uh, what, 18 years ago, looking around for various parks in Los Angeles and finally got funneled to Woodley Park. So Wi fight it? It's a great location. And, uh, you know, it's uh, kind of amazing to come back around to Woodley Park for what will be the historic first ever L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. And we will be looking for sponsors and vendors and early bird tickets will be available soon at the website, which is veganfest.com. I think we also have uh, just reggaeveganfest.com So, uh, take your choice and check it out and you can sign up there for updates on what we're doing. It's really going to be a spectacular event. So, uh... Let's see, where are we now? So, uh, we're at the point where we have uh, multiple holidays at this time of year, right? We have Passover, Easter, and the birthday of Cesar Chavez, and, uh, by the way, I guess I should mention one product from the Natural Products Expo that I think is really spectacular, which is Vegan Egg from uh, Follow Your Heart. Uh, This time of year when we think of Easter eggs and bunnies and all the fertility associated uh, with those. It would be nice if, uh, if everybody switched over to the vegan egg from Follow Your Heart. So what did Cesar Chavez and Jesus have in common, huh? Well... They were both vegans, of course. I mean, Jesus, because, I mean, if somebody is going to live biblically, if somebody is going to read the Bible, maybe the person who wrote the Bible, God, God himself, Son of God, some, somebody somebody that close to the Bible would have to adhere to the first commandment in the Bible, which is in Genesis book 1, verse 29, that tells us to be vegan and we're told that uh, Jesus was in a scene and didn't wear animal products and you know look it up Genesis book 1 verse 29 people seem to uh, gloss over that on the way to the church barbecue but uh, it does say uh, God something to the effect of God saying I've given you every herb or plant on the face of the earth. Um, and every tree with fruit that has seed in it, this will be your food, period, end of sentence. Anyway, so I would recommend that you go to GoVeganRadio.com and search for interviews with Rin Berry, the um, vegan um, historian, uh, religious historian, uh, R-Y-N-N, Berry, like uh, berries that grow on the tree, Rin, B-E-R-R-Y, and uh, you'll uh, hear his historical perspective on Jesus being a vegan, Jesus actually being a vegan animal rights activist. Cesar Chavez's family um, attests to the fact that he was completely 100% vegan. In fact, Arturo Rodriguez, the president of United Farm Workers, said that Cesar Chavez took as much pleasure converting people to veganism as to trade unionism so you can honor honor the life of uh Jesus by going vegan honor the life of Cesar Chavez by going vegan uh, which was very important uh, to him Um, and uh, again I guess both of them would be considered pretty hardcore animal rights activists I mean Uh, check out the archives, as I mentioned, at goveganradio.com, search for Rin Berry, and, uh, some very interesting conversations on this subject. And, uh, also, I mean, he talks about, uh, Jesus knocking over the tables of the money changers who were in the animal trade. Um, and, uh, so I don't know, uh. And then, uh, Cesar Chavez, uh, of course, uh, thought it uh, greatly important that others go vegan too. So um, so apparently they were more hardcore animal rights activists, you know, unlike unlike the softcore uh, porn, <laughs> the porn, the softcore porn, which is sold to us today as an animal rights movement, uh, which is uh, the... Uh, so-called animal rights movement today i think it's a a blasphemous obscenity basically so please i i beg of you uh if you collected signatures for the prevent cruelty california ballot initiative the best thing that you can do to prevent cruelty is to uh burn those signatures okay or uh um, Oh, but the fire department may not like that. Okay, so shred them or, or dump them in the recycling bin. Okay, I mean, it's a cruel hoax. You've been brainwashed into doing the work of the egg industry. You've been brainwashed into betrayal of the animals. I mean, no true animal advocate could ever support cage-free eggs. I mean, what's going on here? We, we like the word free so much that we don't even consider what it... Signifies what it represents in this case, huh? I mean, when when you support cage-free eggs and collect signatures in favor of cage-free eggs, you are saying, I support grinding alive every male chick just after birth. Um, I support mutilating every female just, uh, you know, uh, just chopping off her face, throwing her into a crowded shed with thousands of other birds where she uh, gets only one square foot of space that's uh, that's the prevention of cruelty to uh, farm animals we, we we celebrate yay one square foot of space huh? living her whole life in a burning choking cloud of ammonia given one square foot of space which is mandated by this uh, cruel hoax and then uh, she uh, is is murdered after that so how is this a campaign for the animals? I mean, what what are we celebrating, huh? 100% of the birds are being killed. Is that a victory? Is that cause for celebration? Are you happy about that one square foot of space? Yippee, huh? Do um, you know that the mortality rate is higher for cage-free hens than it is for hens uh, more confined in cages? could be something to do with them ripping each other apart in their lives of psychological despair and physical ailment. Uh, most of the birds in cage-free operations have broken legs. And, uh, you know, again, if the mortality rate is higher in cage-free egg operations, why then we'll need, we'll need you know, that many more birds to replace them in that living hell prevent cruelty california prevents no cruelty it just puts a happy face on it yay it's not cruelty if we say it's not cruelty right i mean it's cage free the word free is there oh how the bamboozled animal advocates are going to celebrate if enough signatures are gathered god forbid jesus forbid um dog forbid Oh, and if the ballot initiative, and if the ballot measure passes, God forbid. Oh, the uh, the celebrations uh, for celebrating cruelty, cruelty and murder, nobody gets out alive. Nobody's rescued, nobody gets out alive. And this is the the glorious animal rights campaign, huh? Well, you know, the devil devises curious campaigns I don't know why this show today seems to be based in religiosity, but anyway, Passover, Easter. Um, and remember, this Prevent Cruelty California scam is uh, mostly the brainchild of dishonored people recently chased from leadership roles in this fake animal rights movement, uh, all now unemployed because of abusive behavior and policies toward other humans, while their abusive policies toward animals have flourished for decades and uh, continue right to this day uh, with this, their legacy, um, what they call the prevention of cruelty to farm animals, um, that actually enacts into law the standards set forth by United Egg Producers. Yes, you are working for United Egg Producers. Um, And and also, while it's such a scam, you know, um, it's such public deception, but it's also deception of animal rights advocates. I mean, I don't think in the real world they're buying, uh, calling this uh, the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals. And I know it's Prevent Cruelty California. But if you look it up and uh, Ballotpedia is a, is a good place to go, Ballotpedia. Why, there it seems to be called farm animal, uh, the Farm Animal Confinement Initiative. Huh? Not the Prevention of Cruelty to Farm Animals, the Farm Animal Confinement Initiative. We are working for horrendous farm animal confinement and calling it Animal rights activism, which makes new sense. And how have all these people been bamboozled? Well, look, it says here, who are the groups that are supporting uh, this scam, this hoax? Well, of course, right at the top of the list, it's the Humane Society of the United States, which is the egg industry, the meat industry, the livestock industry, and... Um, well, let's uh, let's just look at this list here in Ballotpedia, and I think that we need to ask all of these organizations how they've come to support cage-free eggs. I mean, are they ignorant? I mean, it's their responsibility not to be ignorant about animal issues. They represent themselves as animal organizations, and uh, but if they're not ignorant, then I think it's even worse, isn't it? So... Anyway, so listed as supporters, and we need to question each and every one of these organizations to, to see why, why, why would they support this? Uh, well, we know the Humane Society of the United States. I mean, we know why. That horrific, horrific! Uh, what's a rancher advocacy group uh, pretending to be an animal advocacy organization? Also, on the list, the American society of prevention uh, American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals ASPCA, the San Francisco Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, uh, the San Diego Humane Society, the Marin Humane Society, the Yolo County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Uh, and of course, no cruelty is being prevented here. Shouldn't these people know if if prevention of cruelty is in their name? then shouldn't they know (laughs) that no cruelty is being prevented? Also on this list, the Humane League, Mercy for Animals, Compassion and World Farming, Animal Equality. Many of these groups receiving millions of dollars to promote cage-free eggs. The uh, fake animal rights movement is awash in corrupt money um, that is going to these groups for the sole purpose of promoting cage-free eggs. Also on this list of questionable animal organizations, Animal Legal Defense Fund, Animal Protection and Rescue League, Compassion Over Killing, uh, what's this? Fix Nation, uh, Heaven on Earth Society for Animals, In Defense of Animals, yeah. Here we go again, In Defense of Animals, uh, also the Bark Avenue Foundation, Compassion Champs, Santa Paula Animal Rescue, The Gentle Barn, so sad to see The Gentle Barn supporting this horrible initiative, supporting cage-free eggs, also uh, supporting uh, this cruel hoax, The Animal Welfare Institute, Harvest Home Animal Sanctuary, The Humane Society Veterinary Medical Association, The Center for Food Safety, um, Farm Forward, National Consumers League Organic Consumers Association Center for Biological Diversity Roots of Change Jewish Initiative for Animals Evangelicals for Social Action uh, Creature Kind and what's this last one here? Shamayim uh, Varetz Institute All, all, all on the wrong side of this issue And uh, that's uh, very sad indeed. Very, very sad that... uh, (sighs) I don't know, the betrayal of animals, it's just uh, so disgusting. So that's really, that's, that's some fake animal rights movement we have there, huh? So when in reality, the only way to prevent cruelty is vegan. The only way. So why, why aren't we hearing anything about going vegan from these groups? No, instead they, they're supporting grinding every male chick alive after birth, mutilating and harshly imprisoning every female and then killing all the females. So very strange. Oh, and then when you challenge them, like uh, we got a response from APRL, the Animal Protection and Rescue League, uh, it was saying like, well, but but isn't it great that uh, now uh, all veal sold in the state has to be crate-free veal? Since when is it our place to revive a dying industry like the veal industry? Nobody, nobody wanted to buy veal. Until now, we've come up with crate-free veal, um, which uh, again, here, here we have the new darling of the animal rights movement, crate-free veal, When, uh, if we just started off with um, the situation that with crate free veal, meaning that uh, the baby, baby boy taken from mother just after birth, crying for each other, um, he is killed in a few weeks and eaten now as the acceptable, humane veal. Doesn't make any sense at all. What's up with these groups? I don't know. And, uh... As I said, the only way to prevent cruelty is vegan. That's what they should all be promoting. Not cage-free eggs. Huh. And then, you know, also, what's up with direct action everywhere? Huh. You know, activism is so confused. You know, one, one must wonder if, uh... Direct action everywhere also is represents egg industry ilf, infiltration of the animal rights movement or uh, I don't know, it's just a fake animal rights movement that we have right now, which basically it seems to be in the toilet. It really needs to be flushed down the toilet. And in fact, direct action everywhere's latest uh, inaction for animals, was a stunt having a woman lying in a pile of real excrement in front of a San Francisco Trader Joe's location, um, supposedly in solidarity with egg-laying chickens who live in their own excrement. You got a problem with that? You got a problem with chickens laying in their own excrement? Well, direct action everywhere doesn't really seem to have a problem with the birds living in their own poop. The problem seems to be that the word natural appears on the Trader Joe's egg carton. This whole long thing, Facebook Live, this whole long demonstration, and uh, what, what is the meaningless action or inaction that the direct action everywhere demonstrators are asking uh, that you do? They're asking that you call Trader Joe's and ask that the word natural be taken off the carton. No, not not go vegan, not asking the public to go vegan. In fact, it took a passerby uh, in this long demonstration that was on Facebook, Facebook Live, took a passerby to be the only one to mention going vegan and the leader of the demonstration couldn't couldn't get him off camera fast enough you know because direct action everywhere says you know we don't we don't believe in in consumer activism you know veganism is consumer activism and then they're all out there in a pile of poop asking you to call trader joes like isn't that consumer activism <phone rings> Oh, excuse me a second. Sorry, um, sorry about that. I excuse me. I I, I just picked up a, a part time job, so give me a second here. Um, hello, Trader Joe's uh, customer complaint line. Uh, Bob speaking. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, we've been getting a lot of calls about that D X E demonstration with that young woman lying in poop. Um, so. Uh, anyway, what can I do for you today? Oh, you want us to take the word natural off of our egg cartons, huh? You don't mind uh, if the chickens keep living in poop as long as we don't label the uh, carton natural, huh? Well, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, but uh, Trader Joe's is standing behind our label. There is nothing more natural than poop. And uh, these chickens uh, are in their own poop. You know uh, what's unnatural? You know what's unnatural? That D X C demonstration. I'll bet that young woman wasn't lying in her own poop. I bet it wasn't even human poop. Was it cow poop? Uh, was it chicken poop? What was it? It was. It was unnatural, right? So anyway, what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> This is a this is a Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. It is the most important program in all of media. And uh although it may not seem like it from what you've <laughs> what you've just heard here, uh p- please keep listening. Whoops, 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 whoops whoops Sorry, turn that off here. our 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 production budget is pretty amazing, huh? get a phone ringing like that. So please stay with me today. This is uh, the most important uh, program in all of METEA. We do point out that animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of all human-generated greenhouse gas emissions, and that the world's top climate specialists have told us that We must go vegan. Uh, That's the only solution. The only solution is a massive population shift to vegan as the solution for climate change. Um, And uh, I'll talk about some of the effects of climate change here in the Bay Area later in the program. But it's also important that all parents be listening to this show. This is a show where parents need to hear Susan Levin coming up on today's show. She's a registered dietitian who is the director of nutrition education for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Do you think that it's important that a known carcinogen should have a warning label on it? Um, We think that and you'll hear more about it later in this program. Uh, Parents Parents who, who, who give their children food, and that probably uh, includes, what, 100% of parents, need to hear this show. Susan Levin coming up. Also later in the program, we will hear from my good old friend, Jan uh, Smitovich, who has his uh, latest book out, Rebel Hell, Disabled Vegan Goes to Prison. We'll talk to Jan later in the show. Um I know him uh, many many years. Uh, we met when we were both trying to save the South Central farm. Um uh, and we were unsuccessful, unsuccessful in that endeavor. Um I'm also sad to report the passing of an old friend, Marianne Stanko in uh, the San Diego area, Oceanside. Uh we went back a long way, hadn't been in touch for a long time. Um very sorry about that, and very sorry to hear of her passing um, so again uh, one of the lessons if uh if if there are people with whom you want to mend past differences uh, don't delay don't delay all right it's go vegan radio with Bob Linden again um We are uh, now working on LA Reggae Vegan Fest. That's a website that you can visit, sign up for updates. We're scheduling it for Sunday, October 7th, Woodley Park in Van Nuys in the Los Angeles area. And you can support our program with a tax-deductible donation. There is a donate button at goveganradio.com and you can find us on Facebook. It's goveganradio.com Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and also uh, Radio Bobby, radiobobby.com, our 24-7 music station. Thank you for listening. We will continue. Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden and check out the website which is VeganFest.com. Uh, you can sign up there for updates on the really big show that we'll be producing Sunday October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys in the Los Angeles area uh, time flies it'll, it'll be here before we know it Time is such a blur, isn't it? I mean, it seemed like it was just uh, New Year's, and now here it is. It's Easter, Passover, the birthday of Cesar Chavez. Before we know it, uh, you know, oh, it was it was Valentine's Day. Before we know it, it'll be uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day, and and birthdays and graduations, and then the holidays and. There's always that last-minute shopping for just the right gift. And may I suggest a fantastic, creative um, gift uh, that uh, you will certainly enjoy. It's the artwork of Victoria Hart. That is vegan artist Victoria Hart. Uh, you can go to victoriahart.weebly.com. That's Victoria, H-A-R-T dot W-E-E-B-L-Y. Dot com. Um, she does amazing animal portraits, so realistic you'll be just uh, enthralled as she captures the essence um, uh, immortalizing the animals whose portraits she creates um, and uh, you can see examples at Victoria Hart. Dot Weebly.com. Her email is Victoria Hart at gmail. Um, she also does my life coloring book. Um, who wouldn't want their very own unique coloring book or a coloring page showcasing the special animals in their life, the special animals in your life? So, Victoria can create a, a coloring page or a coloring book featuring the animals whom you love. Also, as I mentioned, uh, realistic animal portraits. So check it out and uh, support, support vegan artists, okay? Uh, one more thing, this is a must for vegans with family responsibilities. Um, Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance For health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, strength trainers, yoga practitioners, and yes, vegans, Health IQ can save customers up to 33% on life insurance. Health IQ is the fastest-growing life insurance company, now with over $5 billion in coverage. And uh, you can see if you qualify, learn more, get a free quote. Again, special... Savings, exclusive rates for vegans, go to healthiq.com gvr, as in Go Vegan Radio. Health IQ reduces your chance of being penalized for adverse family history if you are otherwise healthy, and uh, you can still get special rates even if you have a pre-existing condition. So, uh, I don't know, when was the last time I was excited about life insurance? Never, but uh, now uh, we see that what I have been discussing for so many years uh, is, is being recognized in industry that uh, you're getting special rates for being vegan from a life insurance company. So what does that tell you? What can I tell you? Susan Levin, who is the registered dietitian A registered dietitian who is the director of nutrition education for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is coming up next. Uh, This is a must. All parents must hear what Susan Levin has to say and you too will be campaigning for a uh, a warning sign on a carcinogenic product that uh, I think uh, that... uh, is uh, that your ch- your children are exposed to this product quite frequently. You're going to want to know about it coming up on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Again, please make a tax-deductible donation to this program. Support our work. Uh, find the Donate button at GoVeganRadio.com. Goblinen and Twitter at Go Radio. We do have a YouTube page. I always forget to mention that, but it's YouTube.com/slash Go Vegan Radio. And uh, our new twenty-four-seven music radio station now—that's uh, a pro-vegan music station, isn't that interesting? No commercials for meat, dairy, fish, eggs, uh, feathers, leather fur, wool, silk. Um, no use of animals but the greatest music you've ever heard Uh, we're we're, uh, talking to Susan Levin today who is a registered dietitian who is the uh, director of nutrition education for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington DC where I was the program director of Jazzy 100 a music station there and now I have Radio Bobby uh, for mu- your musical entertainment when when all of this gets too much for you Susan you can go to radiobobby.com and hear like the best music and no commercials you'll you'll never hear a commercial for McDonald's or Burger King or you know McDevils Wendy's any any of them so how are you today
2: Well I'm going to go there next uh, I'm doing great <laughs> thank you thanks for having me
1: Well thank you for being with us here today so uh, i've reported on this for a number of years that the world health organization actually declared processed meats uh carcinogenic i i was at the supermarket the other day whenever i go to the supermarket it's it's a nightmare for me um and i was at the checkout counter and somebody came over and said asked for a certain type of bacon if they if they had a certain type of bacon and i i said uh I don't know, sometimes I just stay quiet, other times stuff just blurts out of me, and I said, well, you know, bacon has been um, declared a carcinogen, yeah? and he said, well, what hasn't been? And I said, uh, well, I don't know, fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, seeds, and beans, and then he <laughs> he walked off kind of uh, appreciatively confused by <laughs> our encounter, and, and right. off he went, and um, and, and this is actually the case and I, I don't see anybody taking it as seriously as I do except maybe you and PCRM right now, but uh, it is the International Agency for Research on Cancer, IARC, uh, which is the Cancer Research Agency of the World Health Organization that has evaluated uh, the situation and, uh, and has told us what?
2: Well, it's said that processed meat products are a class one carcinogen, so um, it, it, it's on the same list as products such as tobacco and asbestos, and it's you know pretty well known at this point. It's it's not out of thin air that this information comes. The um, the American Institute for Cancer Research said years ago, t- 2007, I think they put together their similar report that said the same thing: there is no safe amount of processed meat you can consume without putting yourself at risk for developing cancer. It's it's the definition of carcinogenic. Um, so we've known that for a long time, but it was good to have the World Health Organization come out and just reiterate that on a, I guess on a global. Scale it, you could say. Um, so you know, it's it's just not a question anymore whether or not processed meat products are dangerous. They clearly are linked to. In this case, the the most risk you see is with colorectal cancer. Um, it's it seems to be almost you know directly linked to colon and rectal cancers. But it has other risks. I mean, there's you know, breast cancer, prostate cancer, um, but. But when it comes to the colorectal cancer, there's no safe amount to consume. So when people say, "Oh, well, in moderation, right?" It's like, no. Well, if I only have it on during holidays, no, it's still it's carcinogenic. And I, I do think that our mentality of, um, "Well, what does it kill you? I might as well go down eating my bacon," like you just we wouldn't have such a flippant attitude about things like smoking. We, you know, doctors don't tell people to just smoke a little bit um, even if, you know, we can't say for sure that you're going to, if you smoke occasionally you're going to get lung cancer but no, but, I mean, it's pretty well accepted that that's really bad advice. And
1: yeah. it's, it's, you don't really hear smoking in moderation. I, I, I no. smoke in moderation
2: right? or, right. or, or and, I
1: breathe asbestos in moderation.
2: Right, right <laughs> or, you know, drink lead in moderation yeah. and I think really good about, um, even though we can't conclude, you know, who knows how much it takes to cause the cancer, but if we just, you know, we know there's no safe amount because it is a risk, and for that reason, it's different. It's different than consuming um, other things that are quote-unquote bad for you um, in terms of cancer risk, so just it's pretty it.
1: amazing that it's like an outright declaration that it uh, it's carcinogenic. You know, it's like
0: right.
1: It, it should come with a warning label. Now, on the World Health Organization uh, website, it says uh, examples of processed meat include hot dogs, meaning frankfurters, ham, sausages, uh, corned beef, and uh, beef jerky. Um, as well as canned meat and meat based uh, preparations and sauces, what am I leaving out there, there, mm-hmm. there? must be
2: No, I mean, you've got it. I mean it's it's a list. it's It's the deli meats, the the um, sausage, pepperoni, um, hot dogs, and so, you know these are <laughs> these are products we think of as oftentimes kids foods. So we're basically giving our kids um, carcinogens in their lunches, in their school lunches, uh, at homes, and ballparks. And, you know, I mean, I cringe when I say it, but it's like, okay, if you want to feed your kids that, but at least know know the information. And I, unfortunately, I don't think like your encounter at the grocery store, I doubt that person had any idea what you were talking about. This information, even though it's in writing, it's in scores of studies uh the world health can't ignore it the american institute for cancer research can't ignore it like it's pretty well-known stuff but somehow the public has missed out on the information just because it's it's just not a popular topic to to discuss
1: and and they haven't been listening to my show not enough people apparently because you can you can hear it here this this report came out years ago and i've I've been uh, discussing it on my show here, and um, so didn't you have, um, was there some sort of decision with a judge, and aren't you looking into some legislation related to this? I mean, it seems like in California there are warning signs when Mm -hmm. there are carcinogens in the building, right? So uh, Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, so there is a... um, resolution that was introduced into the California State Legislature, because they do have such good, um, they be- you, you guys have better laws than we have elsewhere, but it's called Prop 65 and it's a carcinogen list and we're trying to, or um, uh, people are trying to get this resolution passed, which would do exactly what you're saying. It would put processed meat products on this Prop 65 list. Which in turn should create the need for warning labels. So we're hoping that that gets passed. Um, you know, there's really no reason why it shouldn't. It qualifies in every single way as a carcinogen. Obviously, I mean, again, that's not the debate. I think it's more this mental barrier. Again, just like with tobacco, it took decades, sadly, for for policy to match science. Um, for marketing, to you know, for industry to have to shape up and match science, for doctors even and healthcare professionals to emulate what they knew to be true. So um, this is going to take a while, probably. But I'm hoping that we act faster as we get smarter. I don't know if there's a lot of precedents to to back me up there, but I'm hoping that. We don't have to wait decades for, um, it's already been decades (laughs) since this science started emerging, but I hope we don't have to do what we did with tobacco, which is wait for, I don't know how many millions of people to suffer and die before finally someone says, all right, we're not going to push this carcinogenic product anymore on patients or children or or whomever." but it's just, it's time to... um, Step it up a little bit. Uh,
1: Was there a recent uh, judge's decision related to this? What we're uh, called oh, reading yes. something at the on the mm-hmm. PCRM website, um, which which I'm not seeing yeah. right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, go
2: ahead. yeah. We are. Um, we asked a judge to. Well, we asked a school district to remove two school districts in Southern California to remove. Um, Process, including Los Angeles, to remove processed meat products from their It, it menus. was the
1: Los Angeles Unified School District and Poway, right? As I exactly. Recall?
2: Okay. Exactly. Um, and we lost, the judge said, no, the school doesn't have to do, the, the <clears throat> districts don't have to do that. Um,
1: what, what were so you asking them, the districts to do?
2: To remove processed meat products from the menus in, in uh, their schools. Mm hmm. So that meant getting rid of the hot dogs, the sausages, the deli meats, um, and just leaving or replacing, leaving the other foods, replacing the processed meat products. And the judge said no. So we um, we are offering actually to help those districts pay to make that happen so that hopefully on their own, you know, just out of the the goodness of their hearts and intellect they will get rid of those products without having to be sued to do so. Um, Unfortunately these things often are much slower than that and people tend to do things for financial reasons as opposed to um, compassion or health reasons.
1: Well I see on on the World Health Organization website it says processed meat was classified as carcinogenic to humans group one so it's a group one carcinogen and it says here tobacco smoking and asbestos are also both classified as carcinogenic to humans group one so um i mean yeah you know here do we give our kids a little plate of asbestos i mean it's really uh incomprehensible that once uh this classification is there um, that it, that it should be ignored unless we're looking at you know the the political decision behind it the lobbying it's uh, you know okay well, we, we won't let the kids near asbestos but you know we yeah. can't t- we can't take away the process the, the hot dogs and the bacon and you know the sausages yeah. right?
2: it's, uh, well I can assur- I can assure you from this side of the country lobbyists are alive and well <laughs> <laughs> and earn their uh, high paychecks, by saying things you literally can't believe. So uh, we have to get over all of that. I mean, if it, again, like, just like with tobacco, great lobbyists um, not so long ago fighting that fight, and they just eventually had to, as did the politicians, they had to say, Ooh, you know, we can't keep supporting this. It's getting embarrassing. Um, taking the money is great, but uh, eventually you just you look um as stupid as you're acting so again i hope this
1: this strikes me as child abuse you know it's really quite amazing that we're we're actually forcing a carcinogen down our children's throats here and uh, you know i mean like parents should be up in arms over the school menu which is i mean i guess if you look at LAUSD and poway and all the other school districts they're full of carcinogens all over the menu
2: Right, and I, you know, with schools, and we work a lot with hospitals too, the perception of these products as being, um, you know, something you want to give children or patients, it's the perception, it's like, it's, it's, it's a little different if you as a parent choose in your home for whatever crazy reason to give your kids a hot dog, um, knowing what you know, but for a school, um to do that and even if they didn't know before that these are carcinogens they know now because well, they know sure-
1: now if they're listening to right. go vegan radio with bob linden at go vegan right. and and also i see the world health organization said uh red meat was classified as group 2a probably carcinogenic uh, right. to humans well the,
2: the, uh, yeah the evidence with red meat is pretty strong too a same with the other report from the AICR the uh, the American Institute for Cancer Research they also say uh, red meats uh, the evidence for cancer and red meats pretty good too I, it's actually unclear to me as a scientist why red meat gets a bit of a more of a pass because the evidence is about as strong as it is with processed meat but um
1: well, I, but, I know, wouldn't even want, like if I were a parent, I, I wouldn't even want the, uh, oh, probably carcinogenic, you know, right. that's, a, that's a little scary too. And and actually, we we probably stretch it all out to, uh, you know, really meat, dairy, fish, and eggs are carcinogenic, right. if you come right down to it, animal products and, mm-hmm. and animal secretions, animal flesh. I mean, right. if we want to get real here, right, I'm sure you've... That's your job to look at the research and evaluate, and uh, it's
2: Absolutely. probably pretty
1: strong. Huh?
2: It's very strong, and that is obviously our bigger mission. Um, for now, we when we see something like the World Health Organization saying, "Hey, this is a class one carcinogen," you know that to us is like, "Okay, how? Here is your first step, world. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop doing this because." Mom,
1: every- Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh you know yeah. you're feeding cancer here's here's a plate of cancer you know here's yeah. a hot here the hot dog you know if, you, if your kids don't choke on it you know i mean
2: which it is the number one choking hazard actually among children well, there you go <laughs> but, there you but go. um yeah i mean if we we gotta get we gotta get this if we can't get this um we got a big a big psychological problem going on that we need to overcome because so, we so have what are you science.
1: trying to do what are you trying to do now is there some effort to get legislation to, to yes. what to post it at what in, in the, on the door of the cafeteria or what, what what are well, we looking to do here
2: yeah well we'll continue to fight the fight to get it out of schools but yeah we we want processed meat products to be listed as a car, as a uh, on the carcinogens list which is prop 65 in in the state of California which is a whole list of different carcinogens, and we want processed meat on that list. And that, in turn, would make it more difficult for um, schools and other places to serve the product. But if they do, they would have to post a warning.
1: Hmm. So like we do see in, in buildings, the what is it? Uh... 65 you said it's
2: uh, proposition 65 Proposition
1: yep. 65 so we do see warnings posted in buildings i i assume that would be for asbestos or who knows what else i mean uh you know that's that's in the building and really it should be it should i guess they should put that warning on the uh on the tray in the cafeteria for the, yeah for that the-
2: would be that would be great but at the very least on the you know on the walls of the restaurant um that's the goal and that's a law that that is unique to California, and that's why we're fighting it over there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: first you know, first steps.
1: Yeah, it seems like years ago I was approaching LAUSD, I, we actually did some uh, taste tests of vegan food in certain schools, and um, I don't know, is, is vegan food appearing on school menus at all, or... Uh, is yeah. there that resistance to it? they say it's it was too expensive. We have to, each serving has to be like twenty cents. You know there were all sorts of excuses for not having uh vegan food on on school menus. Are we making any progress there?
2: We are schools are one they're 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 bowing to the demand that students have, which is for vegetarian, vegan food. And two, there are organizations like ours that have a lot of resources for these schools to show them what other schools are doing to make it work financially and what appeals to kids and what we've tested and how to how to market it in their schools as opposed to just going in and saying, do you want beans or do you want chicken nuggets? You know, we, there needs to be a little bit more nuanced approach right. to that.
1: Mm-hmm. So we now have a now wes- you said vegetarian, vegan foods, you, you, but you do mean vegan, right? You're not suggesting, like sometimes people interpret vegetarian to mean like dairy and eggs, right? But you're not.
2: Oh, well, what I'm saying is some schools do have vegetarian options and some schools are doing vegan options. So, yeah, of course, we advocate for the vegan option. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of resources at org where we provide vegan recipes for schools that are financially um, doable, that meet all the standards that school lunches have to require, uh, that are required to meet, that have been tested, um, and and so we, we do encourage parents, teachers to to go to our site. Reach out to us. We, we help people reach out to their schools and figure out how to make these changes happen. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's interesting. I recently um, a sponsor approached me. Someone who's sponsoring our show a bit now. Uh, it's uh, Health IQ, HealthIQ dot <laughs> com slash GVR, um, which is a life insurance company, and it's offering lower rates to vegans.
2: Oh, so that's smart.
1: Is I mean, you know, it, it kind of. I, you know, I was—I never got excited. I've never been excited about life insurance, but you know, this is kind of a confirmation of what I've been discussing on the show for 17 years. And along comes, you know, health IQ with uh, with with uh, lower rates for vegans. So they must know something. They're, they wouldn't put their money there if they you know, if if it were, if it weren't true that there's a, a benefit. Uh,
2: there, yeah, there is clearly a benefit, <laughs> and I can't. I've often wondered why do life insurance companies care if you smoked when you were 16, but they don't care what you eat now. That's um, crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, you may, you may want to take a look at it. You you go to healthiq.com/gvr and you'll see a lot of a lot of vegan information there, and and they use the word vegan too, so you know they're not afraid to be out front with what they're what what they're discussing there they're saying hey we're, we're giving lower rates to vegans like we could, we give low you know good driver rates on, on car insurance here for vegans uh, and, and also i think it includes cyclists weightlifters yoga practitioners so um you know vegan is included as the the healthy way to be and you've come to that conclusion yourself i'm sure. yes
2: yes absolutely <laughs> and
1: and how uh, how long have you been vegan and what made you do that
2: Ooh, uh, let's see, 2018. So I guess it's been 23 years. Um, and originally stopped eating meat for ethical reasons and then realized there are ethical reasons not to eat dairy and eggs. So made that change. And then my health changed after that and became really interested in the nutrition side and um, the. the the use of nutrition for disease management or prevention and decided to go back to school for dietetics. Um, So that was about 10, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Um, And here I am preaching to the world that this is the, this is the way to go. If you don't want to be sick um, or if you are sick and you want to see some change, a vegan diet.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so many years ago when when I was making the change, I thought that it would actually, it might be detrimental to my health. Uh, you know, as everybody's going, you you, you got to have protein. You can't eat like that. You know, so, you know, I did it for ethical reasons too. And it's like, Oh look! Look at this added bonus. It turned out uh, exactly the opposite. It, you know. Right, and
2: then you and then you learn about the environment, and it's like, wow, I'm just I'm winning on all fronts.
1: Right. Yeah. You learn that animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, according to uh, uh, World Bank uh, climate specialist Robert Goodland and Jeff Anhang, who tell us that uh, animal agriculture is responsible for at least 51 percent. Of all human generated greenhouse gas emissions, and that the only solution for climate change is to go vegan. so we have uh, we have a lot of ammunition on our side, you know so uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. well, um, I know you have to run, so um, but I would like to uh, you know have you back and discuss the nutritional benefits of being vegan. A lot of people are, uh often concerned about that they are so brainwashed even even doctors you know you can run into doctors and it's like ah oh, you gotta have your protein you know but it's like oh. then we're finding out that animal protein is deadly it's like the, the question shouldn't be you know how do you get your protein it should be how you how do you avoid your animal protein you
2: know? i know right i i often at the end of the day say yeesh did i eat too much protein today i do wonder it's uh because it is in everything um yeah, but I would be glad to come back and talk about.
1: R- right. how- I don't and, see too many uh, uh, protein deficient people, you know, vegans in the street crawling around, you know, protein, know. protein, you know. I mean, it's yeah. kind of seems like this made up thing, but. Uh,
2: so- oh no, we get we get two. The research shows vegans get about two to three times the protein they need. So, there you go
1: there we go okay all right well i know you have to run and i have to prepare i'm, I'm heading down to the natural products expo in anaheim this weekend uh, i've heard about this yeah you know, going to be tasting all the great new uh, vegan foods out there but uh you know the a, a, as great as the new vegan foods are the basics are you know fruits vegetables nuts grains okay. seeds and beans like i told the guy at the you know at the checkout counter there so uh, ho- hopefully he's vegan by now hopefully he looked into the world health organization warnings even so. i hope so <laughs>
0: well thank you susan
1: susan Levin, yes, for the you. great work you're doing with physicians committee for responsible medicine and we we'll
3: talk again soon
2: thank you so much
1: invite you to sign up for uh, updates on LA Reggae Vegan Fest. Doesn't that sound like fun? It will be. Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Los Angeles. That's in Van Nuys. The site of the first World Fest that I organized back in the year 2000 and in promoting World Fest at various radio stations in the Los Angeles area. Um, This show was born. I was at KRLA and a producer at KRLA uh, said, well, you have a background in broadcasting, you've been a program director at radio stations around the country, and you've been an animal rights and vegan activist for so long, you should be doing a radio program here on KRLA. And that's how it started promoting World Fest in 2000, and then we started in 2001, so we have been doing this for 17 years. I thought it would last two or three weeks, but uh, no such luck. So <laughs> 17 years later, here we are, and uh, today would be the, what is it, the 618th program that will be archived at GoVeganRadio.com. Many of them uh, previous, uh, previously have been lost on CD. Uh, we we did the show initially I had to go to the radio stations to do it and then we did it on uh, mini disc and then on CD I had to overnight the show to radio stations now through modern technology um, in the comfort of my own bedroom with my computer here we are Um, and our thanks to uh, Evolution Vegan Dog and Cat Food for its support of Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden Uh, check out the website goveganradio.com the archives listen to the recent show that we did with Eric Weissman Uh, there's uh, been a report just recently on a Washington DC TV station that euthanizing drugs are showing up in commercial dog food so um, that's pretty scary Pretty scary that dogs and cats are ground up and thrown into uh, dog and cat food. So I'd say uh, now's the time to switch to evolution, vegan dog and cat food. You're not going to find any remnants of euthanizing drugs in evolution. There's never been a recall in its uh, 30 years of production, family-owned business. Uh, It's 25% off dry food for new customers when you call 800-659-0104. That's any time. But if you call on the first Wednesday of the month, you get 20% off dry food or 10% off canned food. That's on phone orders only the first Wednesday of every month. That's 800 You can go to PetFoodShop.com. So uh, you heard the news from Susan Levin earlier. Uh, you know, processed meats now declared, officially deca- declared a carcinogen by the World Health Organization, which also says that red meat is probably a carcinogen. I think we know better. Meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, carcinogens, okay? And eating them is the main cause of climate change. So you're uh, feeding your children something that not only gives them tumors, but destroys the planet. And look what's happening because of climate change in San Francisco. A report in Live Science shows us that uh, San Francisco's airport is sinking into the Bay. And we've talked about how many cities in the future uh, will be submerged. And so this article says, uh, large swaths of the Bay Area, including the region's biggest airport, are sinking. As a result, the area could face catastrophic flooding... When sea levels rise, new research suggests, the findings suggest the Bay Area could be even more prone to flooding than current emergency hazard maps of models of climate change predict. Um, Quote, the ground goes down, sea level comes up, and floodwaters go much farther inland than either... um, uh, then either change would uh, produce by itself. Uh, Manoche Shizael and I'm sure, and I'm sure I got that pronunciation just exactly right. That's um, an assistant professor of Earth and uh, Space exploration at Arizona State University and a member of NASA's sea level change team said. In a statement, uh, Scherzeg and his colleagues analyzed satellite-based uh, inter—what is this? Uh, interferometric interferometric measurements of elevation from 2007 to 2011. This highly precise measurement can detect minute changes in elevation as small as 0.03 inches or one millimeter. The team found that while most parts of the Bay Area were uh, sinking by just 0.06 inches or two millimeters a year, other areas were falling at 10 times that rate Many of the fastest sinking areas were built on top of landfill. For instance, parts of Treasure Island, which should uh, more rightly be named Trash Island, are now uh, sinking at a rate of 0.5 to 0.75 inches, that's 12 to 20 millimeters a year. The uh, artificial island located partway between San Francisco proper and Oakland was constructed out of trash in time for the 1939 Golden Gate International Exposition. I'm continuing with this article. It says another high profile area at risk, the San Francisco International Airport, SFO, which was also built on landfill. About 200,000 flights a year land on runways that are um, perched right by the water of the San Francisco Bay. The study found that SFO is sinking enough that by 2100, half of the runways and taxiways will be underwater. Foster City, located partway between San Francisco and San Jose, is also at high risk. The landfill area is home to several high-tech companies and likely to be significantly flooded by 2100, the study found. Uh, Area hazard maps that predict flood risk, such as those used by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, need to account for both sinking land and rising seas, the researchers suggested. FEMA currently has maps that account for sea level rise, but uh, not both sea level rise and uh, uh, and the sinking of the land. It says, uh, this isn't the first study to highlight the flood risks of climate change. A study published uh, November 2017 in... Uh, PLOS-1 found that 13,000 archaeological sites in the U.S., including the oldest English settlement in the country, could be submerged by 2,100 thanks to climate change. And uh, when something is thanks to climate change, that's really thanks to people eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs because the number one cause of climate change is animal agriculture, and the only solution is a massive population shift to vegan. All righty. Uh, what have we done so far today? We've saved your children from uh, cancer, we've saved the planet from climate change. All in a day's work at Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden isn't that worth a tax-deductible donation? You know, what What else is doing that? Who, who else? What else? Huh? It would be greatly appreciated. Coming up, uh, we will talk to Jan Smitovich about his new book, Rebel Hell, Disabled Vegan Goes to Prison, a memoir. And again, uh, I invite you to support us. You can also uh, support us through Patreon. Uh Find information for that, and also the donate button. Go vegan radio. Long time in a moment here. Jan Smitovich. Uh, Jan Smitovich is making noise in the background so you can't hear his name. It's on his book. Oh. So uh That's yeah, my bong. So, so, uh, so, so you'll know that's the guy, Jan Smitovich. Oh, you almost heard his name. Uh, he's written novels, Orange Rain and Redwood
4: Falls.
1: And Kiss Me Like You Mean It.
4: True no, post- no, no, no. That's forthcoming. Oh, really? Sorry, that's that's forthcoming. The one that my most recent book is the prison memoir.
1: Right. So, so I was right with Orange Rain and Redwood Falls. Right.
4: So those are the novels published. Kiss Me Like You Mean It. Sorry, is just a e book. It's a novella. It's a short. It's it's novella length, but it's true. So it's sort of a true long long form uh story, true story.
1: A true post Katrina New Orleans story as you yeah. put it. Okay. Yeah. And then um then in talking about the, the latest you're talking about Rebel Yell, disabled Rebel, vegan.
4: Rebel Rebel Hell.
1: Rebel Hell. <laughs> Rebel Hell. That's right. Aye, yeah, aye.
4: You do that. Okay.
1: Let's let's get it right here. Who's <laughs> Who, who's in production here? Who who messed this up? Oh, I'm the only <laughs> one here. Okay, somebody's getting fired. Yeah. So uh, Rebel Hell, disabled vegan goes to prison, a memoir, um, which I why why would you even want to remember that? I would think I'd want to forget <laughs> it, but you know, okay, a memoir, and you're it, going. It to was be... a
4: painful experience. Believe the the writing of it was almost as painful as the living of it, which is actually why. I had to stop stop writing it while it was happening and wait till I got out to write it and it, it was painful, so that's funny that you say that.
1: Mm. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. and uh, you're doing uh, book signings and uh, talks and readings uh, in the very near future, including if we remember today you'll read a passage uh, from the <laughs> book, but
4: um, again, big F. big gift. What's that? And that's a big if. We'll see.
1: If we remember, if we remember. Yeah. And um, what I'm trying to remember is, you know, like I've had so many people on this show, um, you know, the, I, like I don't even – like I'm trying to remember the uh, the alleged crime that you committed. I mean I've had – you know, I've interviewed so many people on the show who have – Uh, done jail time in this program it's almost hard Uh to remember like uh, and and people listening you know you know who you are frisk yourself you may be dangerous Um, so Jan I think that uh, refreshing my memory you um, went to jail for selling uranium and state secrets to the Russians as I recall right was that that was what actually
4: I I liberated uh, sorry never mind let's Oh no
1: okay so uh, so you liberated was, so so um,
4: no, no no I didn't say that, oh, didn't I, say said, that. Okay. I said uh, it was it was marijuana related
1: oh so you didn't you you didn't run the charity scam that stole billions of dollars from from Haiti that was supposed to go to reconstruction that wasn't you either okay all
4: right. No, it was there. There were flower buds. They, 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 they basically pulled me over on false pretenses, a false, a, a bogus traffic stop, and I happened to have a fair quantity of flower uh, trimmings on on uh, in my vehicle. So, so that's
1: marijuana related. You had flower trimmings in your vehicle. So you're telling me you are not the person who erased uh, 200,000 Brooklyn voters from the presidential primary. Um, I don't think so. So It it, it sounds like
4: something I might... Try to do, but I don't think I have the mental or physical capability of doing such a thing. Well,
1: well the New York Board of Elections already did it and, and admitted to the crime, yet nobody went to jail for that. It's you know, I'm just I'm just looking at the double standard that we have here, where uh, war criminals and, and people who sell out the country and uh, trample the Constitution, you know, run freely. And uh, you were uh, you were uh, you were an FTD uh, what delivery uh, truck or something? What flowers? Well, you were you were delivering flowers. So,
4: you know. Yeah, basically. You know, see, here's the thing, Bob. Uh, can I call you Bob?
1: Um, I would say uh, you, uh, Mr. Bob, would would be better. Yeah,
4: so. Mr. Linden. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons. One of the main reasons that I felt compelled to tell my story via the memoir Rebel Hell is because of how corrupt and uh, broken, irreparably broken, the system, the quote-unquote justice system truly is. Broken, as I argue quite convincingly, if I do say so myself. Uh, Irreparably broken beyond repair and needs to be just completely done away with and replaced with something completely different. But anyway, I get I get into it in the book, but it's funny that you say that because my my case is kind of a perfect uh this really epitomizes the ridiculousness, the absurdity and the corruption really of the so called justice system. Um do you do you happen to remember why I was able to do less time than I might have otherwise?
1: Well, I, I don't really remember, but maybe it, my guess would it would be that you had to come up with some money. <laughs> you know that would be,
4: would that be? That 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 sounds like it might help, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Isn't that always what helps? You know, like uh, yeah. So paying off or what? So so tell me, re- remind us.
4: It Was gonna be uh, three and a half years. But then they said, the judge literally said through my lawyer that if we paid $25,000 to the county, that I could, my plea deal would only be two years. So I literally bought less prison time. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: That sounds about right. Uh... It doesn't doesn't get more stark to me than that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of right in the open there.
1: So so and and again what what amazes me is that uh, this is a non-violent crime, you know? I mean I, oh, or I, I mean is it really a crime? I mean, now in retrospect with the legalization of marijuana every year, um, you were, you know, you're you're doing what people do now as as regular jobs, you know, but
4: uh, but it certainly. Well, I, 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 no matter if it's legal or not, I I maintain my innocence. To be honest,
1: you maintain your innocence, uh, like uh, yes. On, on what basis? Like I, I'm innocent because why?
4: Well, well, I mean, I don't I don't dispute the fact that they the police caught me with over fifty pounds of medical marijuana, but I maintain my innocence nonetheless. Hmm. Um. <laughs> I still, you know, I. Uh, well, you're making a because where you don't the, view it as a crime. You know? I mean, because where's you, the victim? Where's the victim?
1: Well, that's it. You know, it. Is, it, it's a non non-violent. I mean, there's there's no violence involved, and you know, again, it's, with it's
4: this not even. It's it's beyond non-violent. It's it's non. It's just non. It's <laughs> there's non, nothing. There's no crime.
1: Was medical marijuana that you were transporting cross-country um, to
4: help get people off pharmaceuticals and use natural medicine, you know, and these horrible animal-tested, you know, just uh, de- de- potentially fatal and addictive pharmaceuticals that make billions of dollars, you know, for meg corporations versus you know, decentralized, tax-free, you know, uh, medicine that is that is grown that can be grown in your backyard. You know, there's there's a lot of money that's keeping that you know that's trying to suppress that, but they can't stop it from from you know there's there's they they can't stop it from exploding, and and that's why so many states have legalized it, and it's only gonna grow because. Weed is awesome, and people like weed. It's only gonna grow.
1: It's only gonna grow.
4: Yeah, so to speak, right? Right. It's 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 only gonna grow, and
1: and it is quite amazing since uh, well, let's see, since way back when when I attended Woodstock, uh, and we come fast forward now to dispensaries everywhere that have been um, offering medical marijuana for years and now just recently in California a few months ago uh, they are offering recreational uh, marijuana and uh, if we followed the money long ago again uh, the big pharmaceutical companies paying you know the politicians the beer companies didn't want the competition right so they were paying the politicians and uh Marijuana has been uh, demonized over all this time,
4: and you know you know why else? <clears throat> Excuse me. Tell me. I I actually go into it in my book, the historical reasons behind uh, illegalization, the prohibition of marijuana, and it uh, started with the basically the drug czar uh, H- Harry Anslinger in the uh, 1930s. Basically, took it upon himself to uh, launch, you know, he launched a, a, a solo crusade against marijuana. And his uh, his entire campaign, you know, he's, he testified to the Senate and stuff that it was more dangerous than heroin and cocaine. And all the uh, so-called evidence and research that he presented them was from uh the yellow journalism newspapers of William Randolph Hearst who oh happen to own huge amounts of timber uh, you know land and hemp as we you know can be can replace uh, trees for paper and for building materials and things like that. And
1: hemp hemp can, can sort money about that's anything. Hemp hemp uh, clothing, hemp paper Hemp uh, well, nutrition. Uh, I mean, it's
4: uh, is uh, is like a miracle cure for my depression. You know, it's 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 incredible. It's it's you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I ran into at the Natural Products Expo. I ran into uh, many vendors there who you know are coming coming with hemp products and hemp milk and all, and uh, kind of hoping that they're all going to make it to the um, L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. Uh, that I am now planning. No,
4: no, I've just, Definitely.
1: just confirmed the date and the location, uh, which is Sunday, October seventh, at Woodley Park in Van Nuys, L.A. Really Reggae Vegan Fest. So it's uh it's gonna be great. I mean it's gonna be, it it'll big be the, the, the Woodstock of the uh, 21st century, I think. You know. So and um, not to be forgotten that uh, the event is being organized. Basically, in recognition of the animals who, you know, are the ones who suffer to become food and clothing and used for other products. And so um, there would not be an LA Reggae Vegan Fest if not for, um, you know, recognition of uh, animal suffering and oppression and the vegan education and vegan uh, advocacy that uh, we believe are what pretty much addresses everything i mean you know that's uh that's the animals need us all to go vegan so does the environment and uh human health so um you know we'll be making that point uh along with uh dancing and having a really good time so um so the, so the website for that is la reggae vegan dot com and more information coming soon as well as uh early bird uh, discount tickets so that's at Woodley Park and that comes full circle from it's the exact location where I organized the first vegan event in Los Angeles World Fest which was in the year 2000 um, at that very same Woodley Park location so here we are uh, 18 years later coming back with LA Reggae Vegan Fest and it was World Fest that led to the start of this radio show because I was going oh. around to different radio stations in Los Angeles, including KRLA. And a producer there said, ah, you have a background in broadcasting and vegan activism, and you should be doing a radio show. So um, oh. <laughs> that was Suzanne Lachon. And, uh, you know, I thought this would last two or three weeks, but here we are. 17 years later and uh, and happening so um, and how long ago uh, was it when I first met you because I met you at the South Central farm
4: that would be about uh, 12 almost 12 years ago now I believe next month or the month after will be 12 years
1: Twelve years, and uh, yeah. you use you use the pickup line on me. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice shirt, nice shirt, right? So
4: no, I think it was nice hat. Oh,
1: was it nice hat? I don't know. It could go I see, either way. I, I, mean, keep <laughs> eyes,
4: I keep the eyes above the you know. Oh, above oh, the you
1: weren't. Oh, okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I <laughs> I, I always have a, either a vegan cap or a vegan shirt on. So. Um, that would uh, that would do it. And the immediate vegan camaraderie there, uh, as we tried to save the South Central Farm, which was was a really amazing experience. I'm sorry we lost to uh, brutal authority once again. We can't have people growing uh, fruits and vegetables and having a healthy community. Uh, we need I see th- liquor I see stores theme, beef
4: jerky. I see a theme developing here. Do you
1: oh, really? I, I don't know. I, so, I, I, I didn't so. so so carry on with the theme. Where 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 was the theme going there? So, um you know the the part of the theme is that uh, you know there was some people put up signs there, you know for Cesar Chavez and uh, we are celebrating his birthday at this time the great vegan activist Cesar Chavez and uh there was some Cesar Chavez posters at the South Central Farm and um I don't know, was I just being, you know, radical by... Uh, uh, I, I don't think it was graffiti that I put Go Vegan on the Cesar Chavez posters that were there. And oh, people, pe- people got scandalous. upset. What's that?
4: Scandalous. scandalous.
1: Scandalous. Scandalous vandalism, one might think. It's, but, you know, when, when it comes right down hardcore,
4: to... hardcore, man. That's fucking hardcore. Well,
1: what, it, what it comes right down to is that... Um, Cesar Chavez whose birthday we celebrate um and who was a vegan uh, it, was, it was said by Arturo Rodriguez who was the president of the United Farm Workers that Cesar Chavez took as much pleasure in converting somebody to be vegan as um you know in in, in coming into the trade union so it would be important uh that his legacy continue you know, with with people knowing that I've I've spoken at Cesar Chavez events, and I ask people, do you do you know what a vegan is? And most people don't know, yes. you know, what a vegan is. And then I say, do you, do you know anybody who's a vegan? And most people. I, don't I remember know.
4: we we uh, flied at the uh, downtown L.A. C, uh, Cesar Chavez uh, Day celebration one one year. Do you remember that? Yep.
1: Yeah, I certainly
4: Just do. Just passing out flyers saying, Cesar Chavez, your hero, we're celebrating him, he was vegan, and this is very important to him. Bob, can you imagine how how amazing it would have felt and been in the 60s to have figured it out already and be vegan?
1: Right, right, right. Well, I mean, there was a little awakening toward that with the hippies in San Francisco. Sure
4: definitely eventually but eventually move back I mean, to, it,
1: to, to it would have
4: been farm. awesome <laughs>
1: right well i mean i, I,
4: I, I went vegan young, i went vegan young at least but but if it had just just back then it would have been it's so far ahead of the curve back then now it's mm-hmm. you know even okay. a decade ago it was a, it was ahead of the curve now it's really starting to gain gain, uh, momentum. Well, well,
1: there's a report uh, from a report report by our UK says that 6% of Americans now identify as vegan, up from 1% in 2014. So six percent of americans translates into millions of people that could be what 15 18 million i mean even if it's 12 10 million people you know i lived in new york city it was a population of eight million could i imagine everybody in new york vegan now you know twice that number of people i mean it's it's really happening you know so um and so so what was it uh, for you at a young age again that uh, prompted you
4: well relatively young you know 21 it's not theoretically. It's not too young, but it, it's it's fairly young to make such a dramatic change. But I'm, I'm some of these these days are going vegan at 11, 12, 13, whatever, figuring it out themselves. Oh
1: yeah, it's amazing. There are five year olds who refuse to, to eat animal you know flesh. You know, they yeah. Just, yeah.
4: They just there's refuse. something. There's and, something. Uh, there's such a disconnect between what it is that you're eating and what it used to be, there's such a disconnect that right. so benefits, so behooves, so to speak, the meat and flesh industries that, you know, right. it's there's, not... There's, there's, there's no no they,
1: connection to an animal, basically. There's yeah. no connection yeah. to somebody who was a living and, being.
4: So. Yeah, and, and the first time I, I write about... I have a passage here in my book I'd love to read if if we have time. That, uh, would you talks like to about, do it
1: now? We have time yeah, to now I, if you would it's, like. Uh,
4: it's it's about uh, the first time really that I connected uh, a meal with somebody's somebody's uh, somebody sentient and an individual's.
1: And, you know and, what I mean? So, so was, yeah, so this is this is from was, this is from nice this is from state. Rebel Hell, you're saying? This is from Rebel Hell.
4: Rebel Hell, yeah, the prison memoir. Rebel Hell Disabled Vegan Goes to Prison. Okay. Available yeah. now on www.jansmitovic.com, J A N S M I T O W I C Z or Smith, search Smitovich on Amazon, and my books are the only search results. So sometimes so you're, it's you're awesome. You're the only a...
1: result for Smitovic. Uh, yeah. The... yeah.
4: Yeah. My books. So okay. S M
1: I T O W I C Z. So okay. Yeah. So you have the passage in the book. Lay yeah. On us.
4: How how great is that? By the way, to have such a ridiculous Polish Polish name that. Of 10 million products, my books are the only thing that shows up. Hooray, for once I benefit from having the absurd last name. Right. Anyway, and, and, and good
1: let's luck let's anybody it. actually uh, spelling <laughs> it, and memory, it. Yeah, <laughs>
4: the double-edged sword. Right. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is... Uh, I'm here talking about uh, the problems that arose in prison once I began to get comfortable and sort of uh allow my personality and my individuality or whatever to to manifest itself and not to not hide it anymore so this is In prison. Here we go. yeah toward the end of 2010 i learned that jacksonville the prison i was at does actually have a designated vegan diet tray you can sign up for, but only for religious purposes. You can't receive it based on health or ethical reasons, only religious ones. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Ethics and health, both of them tangible and fact-based, are are illegitimate. But if you want to eat a certain way because a religious text promotes it, well, uh, that's legitimate. Yes, sir fine then, F- fuck it, whatever it takes. I claim to be Seventh-day Adventist, which is one of the approved vegan trade religions I know at least something about. Uh, some troubling developments really start to gain momentum a few weeks into the new year, which should be my only full calendar year of incarceration. We're talking about the year that is it- is after the birth sick of our sick Lord and Savior sick Jesus Christ? The problems start small, but then snowball into avalanches and of life and soul crushing ass fuckeries. Not, not literally, baby. With a very simple yet very dangerous development, to wit, I grow comfortable. See, up to this point in prison, I've largely hidden who I am. Kept quiet about my radical politics. Made no hullabaloo about being vegan. I didn't really proselytize about anything, save for the occasional comment about guys' usage of words like bitch and faggot as universalisms. The person I am in prison and more or less today is something I can trace back almost completely to one single event. All my radicalism, my ideologies, my rebelness, the entirety of me can all be linked back to Hurricane Katrina. For a week during winter break of my junior year in college, 2005, I did volunteer relief work in New Orleans with a group called Common Ground, which sprouted in the storm's wake. That trip blasted my eyes open, my entire universe even, a sort of life supernova, instant radicalization that changed everything, spreading to even the most remote corners of my life. Being in New Orleans and doing volunteer relief work was the nexus of my ideological evolution. No doubt about that. Then again, strange as it may seem, I also know I wouldn't have traveled there in the first place to have those supernovic experiences if I hadn't gone vegetarian earlier that year. What's the connection? Well, I was raised on the so-called standard American diet, a.k.a. SAD, which it is. It's very sad, indeed. Steak and potatoes, toxic flesh-based quote-unquote food at every meal. I loved McDonald's and KFC and Carl's Jr. and In-N-Out, all that shit. Loved it. I was also in love with this super cool um, mech- uh, vegetarian chick. We'll call her D in late high school. One of my best friends also loved her, though, and it seems like I had no chance with her. But her twin sister dug me, so I settled for dating her. That ended badly and fast. I became really good friends with D our senior year, and she had a profound effect on me. Her joie de vivre was infectious. But at any time I considered vegetarianism, the idea was preposterous, and my outlook remained steadfast. I would, could never give up, quote, meat. Just loved it too much. Didn't help that I knew literally nothing about the universal barbaric cruelty of animal products creation either. Nonetheless, Dee planted seeds inside me. Uh, that sounds extremely sexual. Sorry. Not on purpose. She was never the type, Back when I knew her, to actively promote vegetarianism, but as a simple function of the example she set and of my deep affection for her. Fast forward a couple years. Near the end of my sophomore year at UCI, my fisherman roommate brought home a two-foot catch. Then he showed our other roommate how to gut and clean the poor creature. I watched with a trepidation... ...that rapidly transforms into a ghast disbelief. He carved the animal open from head to fin... ...while she or he was still very much alive... ...and conscious and gasping for oxygen. In an instant, for really the first time in my life... ...I made that oh-so-important and powerful connection... ...between a hunk of meat and a sentient individual's awful death. Nor did I simply make the connection. I also felt it on a visceral gut level. An equation soon wiggled into my consciousness. One, a few moments of gustatory pleasure versus two, an innocent, feeling creature's violent death. The scales tipped dramatically against one over the next 24 hours as I relived this scene and contemplated that unavoidable equation over and over. Things seemed increasingly unfair and inappropriate and just plain wrong the more I considered them. Giving up meat though? How how could I ever possibly manage? But then the next afternoon, something else very, very significant happened. My bubsha, which is grandmother and in polish together for our monthly luncheon she lived 20 minutes from uci campus i told her about the previous day's eye-opening and frankly traumatic experience how i was considering an attempt at vegetarianism again i knew zip zilch about it so i was taken aback when she explained how it's not only exceedingly easy to get ample nutrition sans meat and animal products but that it is in fact healthier Like, by far, in multitudinous ways. Christ, I was so damn ignorant. Armed with this potent new information, I soon decided that I should at least try to get off the horrible flesh habit. Seeing what I'd seen and feeling what I'd felt as a result, this seemed like the least I could do. Just give it a shot, see what it was like. And that was almost 12 years ago now, my... My child period seems to be going pretty well. There you go. There I'll you stop go. there.
1: All right. So that's a section from is, uh, Rebel Rebel Hell. Disabled vegan goes to prison. A memoir from Jan's uh, T- uh, Smitovich, um, If you're looking for the book. You can't spell his name unless I tell you. Uh, S m i t o w i c z. So, and I can relate. I can relate. You, uh, you had that fish in your life, and I was cooking a chicken one Friday night. Um, during, it. You know, looked
4: like, down inside as a as an individual. I looked down and saw the
1: body. I it was somebody's yeah. body. You know, it wasn't. A, yep. You know, it wasn't a cutlet. It wasn't a nondescript food item. It was right. somebody's body, and I said. I don't think I can eat animals anymore, you know, and I didn't know any vegetarians in my life, so, you know, that and was... You know,
4: you know what's funny, Bob? If, can I call you Bob? Uh,
1: well, I would prefer Mr. Bob, but Bob's okay. Go ahead. You can call me Bobby. Okay. Uh, you can call me Rob. You can call me Robert. You can call me Robbie. Um, you can call me Bob. You can call me Bobby. Just,
4: Just don't call you late for dinner.
1: Yeah, well, if it's good vegan food, call me early for dinner.
4: <laughs> and dessert and another dinner. <laughs> Or two.
1: I'm. I have this. You know. People say. like, oh, what do you just eat? Salad? But you know something. I have this wonderful salad. Ra- I love salad. You know. And so, um, after we talk, I'm actually looking forward to a delicious salad. So there. But uh, all right. Well, you you can call me Bobby, uh, Bob, Rob, Robbie, Robert. Whatever. Go ahead. Go
4: ahead. <laughs> don't don't hurt yourself. <laughs>
1: But uh, you were going to say something? Did I interrupt or did you? Uh... Huh? You there? Hello? Hi. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
4: You cut out for a second. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, just that the, the, the book is available at www.jansmitovic.com. And if you can get the spelling down, you can find me everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, uh, YouTube and, and on Amazon. Smitovich brings up all my stuff. Um, it's okay. the, the present memoir is getting, getting high, high praise and lots of acclaim. And, uh, it was recently featured in the animals voice magazine and has been on a lot of various different blogs and websites and things. And people are really, really enjoying it a lot. It, it combines a lot of different elements and very, very, uh, emo- a lot of emotional poignancy along with the, you know, inevitable uh, trauma and violence of prison. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. So and um, and then d- did the thought I, ever I, go through your head that you, you know, no matter how bad you have it in prison, the animals have it worse where they are? Oh, of course,
4: of course, always, always. Whenever you know, say I'd wake up and be especially depressed and feeling like you know, it just, it just, I couldn't go on. I would just remember that there was an animal somewhere waking up in a in a cage unable to even move you know I ha- I'm disabled with a very severe nerve pain in both my knees and you know if I couldn't stretch I'd, I'd literally lose my mind and there are millions of animals right this second doing that and you know the reform reforming this is is not going to going to is is so fucked up it's not the way to go it's we we need to have uh so we need to smash the cages and empty them not not have bigger cages
1: right and that the only way to do that is by going vegan and that you know i mean it's a, a matter of supply and demand if nobody wants to buy meat fish dairy and eggs um it you know they won't be sold now unfortunately in california we have another scam happening the prevention of cruelty to farm animals and people are uh, being duped and they're collecting signatures i think there are some Mm -hmm. deadlines in april for those signatures in support of this scam if you really want to help the animals take the signatures that you collected and burn them Uh, we don't don't need legislation like this you know what's what's so bizarre is that we're being sold cage-free eggs as the prevention of cruelty to farm animals, uh, which is really perversion. Obscene. Yeah, it's a real perversion Perversion. when you, when same, you consider
0: same
1: every every male chick is ground alive just after birth. Every female is mutilated and harshly imprisoned, uh, more harshly than you were, uh, with you know tens of thousands of others in in horrible confinement and they all suffer the death penalty for committing no crime so right uh, and i
4: and i i have that very line almost word for word in my book so well on you. And, well on me for my plagiarism. You know, okay. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good
1: on me for plagiarism. So, so what what happens now? What happens now with this fake animal rights movement that we have? I'm I'm complaining to all these groups who are supporting this this absurdity, and and they'll come back and they won't even say something about cage free eggs. They'll say. But look, uh, crate free, crate free veal isn't that great? You, you know, don't you support this, crate free veal? You know, so so suddenly, you know, we're a movement that's selling veal, the acceptable veal. You know, the that, that still the, the baby is uh, taken from the mother just after birth and, yep, was, and you know and, and and eaten. You know,
4: and you know, you know, uh, Bob, can I call you Bob? I've actually done undercover stockyard investigations, and recently was on a, a war, award-winning dairy farm. Literally an award-winning, so-called organic, so-called you know free-range, grass-fed uh, dairy, and it was absolutely fucking disgusting. And the only thing more fucking disgusting than that dairy farm and being on it and being you know, uh, several inches deep in liquid shit on the milking parlor floor. The only thing more disgusting than that was these big groups and the the absolutely perverse and repugnant way that they grovel at the feet of meat and dairy industries for fucking crumbs off their table of, you know, little consolations that, that the big groups then... Provide free goddamn advertising for for these companies for pittance,s
1: right? For right. PR
4: moves, essentially right. it affects no animals in any real tangible way.
1: Right. So and I mean, it, are it, are, it, are these animal it, rights organizations, it, it, or are they uh, the industry it, yeah. infiltrating uh, an animal rights movement and and duping everyone with their with their scams? I mean, no animal rights activist could ever support cage-free eggs and and what people are supporting is one square foot of space for you know chickens who are tortured mutilated confined and murdered you know how how is that the prevention of cruelty to farm animals it's not and the other thing is and and you know i discovered this some years ago I may have mentioned it on the show once or twice, and I think I even uh, mentioned it uh, back when uh, HSUS, the Humane Society of the United States, was lobbying me for support of Proposition 2, um, and and Paul Shapiro called me, and uh, I said, you know, you're all upset with these these veal crates, but how about the girls? There are – the females are – in harsh confinement, that we might, we would look at them and call those veal crates. But um, there's a little dirty secret there that uh, there's the harsh confinement of the females. And did you see that when you were visiting uh, uh, the dairy farm or doing your undercover uh, pictures and video, which I I would actually like to um, like to put on my website, you know? And and also the thing is, there are so many groups who make money off of doing undercover investigations supposedly but then they don't tell you to go vegan and then what happens is you know the Tyson's or whoever's you know committing you know the the crime of being caught for doing what happens every day on every farm um, then they say oh we're going to set up an animal care uh, committee and oh oh those were just workers who were you know off on their own so so the, these poor workers get prosecuted and fired or you know if you have to go to court um, and then. Uh, Tysons or the, uh, the the company that's killing animals uh, says, okay, we're we're going to fix this in the future. We won't let it happen again. And suddenly, you know, that that company is the hero of the animal rights movement, like McDonald's uh, is. McDonald's promising to go with cage free eggs in ten years. Hey, McDonald's is the uh, hero of this fake animal rights movement. You know, so we
4: don't we don't we don't have ten years if things continue apace with overpopulation and more and more uh flesh based food around the world, not less we need the movement needs to be so called movement needs to be getting more radical not less
1: and and how radical it would be to first ask everyone to go vegan like wow, what a start would that would be you know we're we're told by uh Goodland and anhang at the world Bank bank that uh animal agriculture, people eating meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, is the number one cause of climate change responsible for at least 51% of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions. And Goodland said that the only solution before it's too late is a massive population shift to vegan, which then would free up uh, uh, enough land for reforestation that could bring us to pre-industrial carbon levels. That is the only solution. And yet the Humane Society of the United States is a member of an international livestock federation dedicated to trying to uh, meet the increased demand, uh, a a 70% demand for so-called livestock products by 2050. That's what we get from the animal rights groups now. We get them uh, selling us grass-fed beef and pasture-raised and, you know, nothing good for the animals and the environment.
4: I hope they're also training them how to swim really well at HSUS.
1: Right, right. We we will all be submerged in no time uh, at at the rate we're going. But uh, did you see the females confined in the small ca- uh, small crates or small areas when you were on that award-winning dairy farm? Huh.
4: Yeah, we. I saw. Sorry, I saw. I the uh, farmer led me on a tour. Him, so-called farmer himself. So I got to ask a lot of questions. And he. we went up to this uh, uh, crate, this little crate, and there were three small uh, calves in it. And it was three females. One was uh, two were about 17 or 18 hours old, and one was 12 hours old, already separated from uh, her mother in, in each case. They were going to be basically sent into the uh, servitude and slavery of of milking and and rape that goes through dairy production, the females, so Mm -hmm. 12 hours old and uh, and already separated from their mothers.
1: Uh, Their mothers who are crying for them, they're already kidnapped, so it's it's a rape, kidnapping, murder... Uh, in the dairy world, and and you know the the fake animal rights movement is selling us crate free veal. Um, so I mean it's it's ridiculous. Uh, the, the, n- you know n- none of it is right. The only the only way is going vegan. You know I mean it's just all these marketing ploys that make people feel good about doing something awful they people care about animals so uh if we tell them they're doing the right thing by eating a product that only involves grinding every male and torturing mutilating and killing every female uh the right way the right way then we can be happy about continuing uh our our wrong appetite so anyway jan i think we're just about out of time was there anything oh um do you have some uh, book signing or talks or yeah, I will the,
4: be I will be speaking. Uh, I'll be giving my talk called "Imprison Nation: Awakening from the American Nightmare," basically linking my prison experience with the everyday horror that animals endure, along with the environmental uh, devastation that that entails and how it all connects together. And offering solutions and you know ideas and thought-provoking you know uh, concepts presented. So I'll be speaking at, at UC Irvine, which, which is my alma mater, uh, at uh, on Monday this come next Monday, April uh, what is it, April sixth? Sorry, uh, I apologize. <laughs> this Monday, uh, March thirty-first, right?
1: Um, I'm not. I'm. You'll have to do the calendar thing. Or well, I guess I can. I can check.
4: I that. apologize. I apologize. Do you know?
1: Do you know for sure, or should I?
4: I'm doing. It's. I'm sorry. It's. It's Monday. Next Monday. Yes. Yeah, uh. April second. I apologize. April second at 6:15 p.m. in the Doctor White room in the Cross Cultural Center, which is basically right in the sort of main. Uh, area of UCI where the student uh, student center is, and it's free and open to the public. And I'll be doing a little uh, book signing and thing and, and talking to people. If people want to talk afterwards, and it's six fifteen to seven. Refreshments will be provided, free and open to the public. And I hope to see you there. And we'll be having a great time and stimulating conversation. I like to uh, sort of. Involve the, the, you know, people in attendance in, in, the, in the event. And then on fr- that Friday, next Friday, uh, April 6th, I will be in Las Cruces, New Mexico, doing uh, book signing with both my books, but mainly Rebel Hell. But I'll be doing an uh, author signing at Coist Books on Main Street from, I believe, 8 o'clock to 9.30 at night. Very good. Okay. Las Cruces,
1: okay. Well, we've been talking to Jan Smitovich and his uh, book, the latest "Rebel Hell: Disabled Vegan Goes to Prison," a memoir. And uh, again, S M I T O W I C Z. So, thanks for being with us today, Jan. It was a pleasure talking to you.
4: The pleasure was all mine, my friend.
1: Oh no no! There was some pleasure that I got out of it too. It wasn't all
4: yours. Maybe you got seventy five
1: percent. I got twenty five percent. You
4: know. Keep, the keep keep your private life private, man.
1: <laughs> I don't want
4: yeah. to. I out. <laughs> good,
1: good idea. Okay, in my private life, I am now going to go back to listening to Radio Bobby at Radio yeah. Go vegan Radio with Bob Linden at goveganradio.com. On Twitter at Go vegan Radio, Facebook, Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Also check out our 24-7 music station at RadioBobby.com, radio B-O-B-B-Y.com. Uh let's see, we have uh, we have Radio Bobby Music on Facebook, we have at Radio Bobby Music on Twitter. And we have L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest coming up Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys, and uh, that is the location of the original World Fest, that's where which has uh, morphed into Veg Fest, um, which will be at Woodley Park in May. Um, so plan on coming back to Woodley Park October 7th, and. Um, you can go to the website, which is L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, and we'll have updates there. We will be looking for sponsors and vendors and people to attend. So we will have early bird discount tickets on sale very soon. You can sign up for updates at L.A. Reggae ReggaeVeganFest.com. Please support your local vegan restaurants, 100% 100 vegan restaurants, very special places in the community. They are like the rescue missions of today, to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, nutritious, delicious food. By the way, when I was uh, down in L.A. and scoping out the parks and finally deciding on Woodley Park for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest, I ate at a wonderful restaurant called V Station, that's V-E, V-E, V V Station, which is in Sherman Oaks, you get the Buddha wrap and you get the uh, curry, uh, the top curry listed on the menu there, the, you know, the one at the top of the list, and uh, you will be a very satisfied customer. Um, That's the local restaurant. One of the Local vegan restaurants near where we will be for L.A. Reggae Vegan Fest. If you happen to be in the Bay Area before it before it sinks into the ocean, um, head on over to Vegetarian House, which is one of the best vegan restaurants in the world. Vegetarian House at five twenty East Santa Clara Street. Um, Vegetarian House also caters; its catering business is booming and just go to vegetarianhouse.us and if you have an event coming up, a social event, a business event, you want to impress everyone with the great food, then Vegetarian House is a great choice. Vegetarian House is 100% vegan, organic, non-GMO. Check out the menu, you'll you'll see. We, We don't sacrifice anything as vegans. We don't sacrifice anyone as vegans. We don't sacrifice a lamb for Passover. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. We sacrifice broccoli, right? Suddenly, you're a plants rights activist. Yeah, you're the you're the one in the produce section with the protest signs, right? Like, yeah, say save the cauliflower, right? If you want to support a hot and sexy vegan fashion line, go to sonusdenim.com. Uh, Denim, you spell it. S-O-N-A-S, like strawberry, onion, nut, apple, strawberry, denim.com. Jeans are uniquely made with 50 patches of denim here in sunny, sinking California. And uh, great-looking denim for men and women. Also yoga pants. That's SonusDenim.com. Also visit possumsWelcome.org. To learn about an animal sanctuary in the making, this nonprofit is seeking coastal land for a farm animal sanctuary with a vision including a vegan cafe, a B&B, weekly seminars on being vegan and veganic farming and cooking and yoga. So you can join in, help make the dream come true. Visit um, possumswelcome.org. Okay, well, my thanks today to Jan Smitovich and uh, Susan Levin and to Andrew Sutton for uh, technical work in helping us get this all produced. And let's see, with our next show, uh, we'll have Professor Gary Francione. Uh, We were working on scheduling another talk with Wayne Shung of Direct Action Everywhere. And uh, maybe that'll happen on our next program. So again, uh, check it out, LA Reggae Vegan Fest. Go to lareggaeveganfest.com. We are planning a spectacular event for Sunday, October 7th at Woodley Park in Van Nuys. Okay, well, I want to thank you for listening. And again, please ask you to support our work support our work in the media, support our work in producing special events. Remember, we have organized the World Vegan Summit and Expo and Community Fest and Planet Fest and so many others. Uh, We go back to World Fest. We go back to the original location of World Fest, the vegan event that I produced back in 2000. And we're coming back to that very same location in 2018 on October 7th for LA Reggae Vegan Fest. We need your financial support. If you're interested in being a sponsor, if you're interested in being a vendor, you can email me. It's bob at goveganradio.com. And uh, again, you can make a tax-deductible donation. Find that there donate button at goveganradio.com.